Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 386, Julie Spira, How to Date in the Age of Trump. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. What is a woman of value? She is somebody who knows her worth, and she shows up, stands up, and speaks up. And every week, I bring you a tip on how to become that woman of value. This week's tip is choose love over fear. This is something I really help clients with when so many of our decisions are made from fear. I had a client once whose all of her values, because she grew up in a third world country with a lot of fear, all of her values were fear-based. You know, freedom was based on the fact that her mother said, if you you don't have your freedom, you will be trapped in a relationship with the wrong man. And um, money was all about, you know, have enough money so that you don't get trapped in a relationship with a bad man. (laughs) So it's... All of them were based on fear. So we had to actually look at her core values first and see, like, are they out of love or out of fear? And maybe you need to really look deeper within. So my challenge to all of you today is to look at the the, the choices that you're making that are made from fear and the ones you're making because you love yourself, because you love someone else, and really try to focus more on making choices from love over fear. Um, Before I bring on my guest, I want to just uh, remind everybody that I have this amazing free Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. We have over 3,000 women in there who are all looking to go on their last first date by getting some really good positive feedback on their dating uh, and relationships. And so if you're looking for a place where the conversations are kind and considerate and not off the rails and not negative and and bashing men and dating, you uh, are welcome to join us at your last first date. And now for my guest, Julie Spira. Is it pronounced Spira or Spira? It is Spira. Oh, I got it right. You got it right. (laughs) She's America's top online dating expert and digital matchmaker. She was an early adopter of the Internet, and she's been coaching singles for to find love since 25 years ago. It's a really long time. She is a frequent guest in the media, especially now with everything that's happening with, with the impeachment and Trump and Valentine's Day coming up. She's been on Nightline and Access Hollywood Live, CNN, Good Morning America, The Today Show, so much. And she's also the author of the bestseller, The Perils of Cyber Dating, Confessions of a Hopeful Romantic Looking for um, Love Online, and the upcoming release of her new book, Love in the Age of Trump, How Politics is Polarizing Relationships. So join us now to learn how to date and find love in the polarizing political climate of the Trump administration. Welcome to the show, Julie. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for having me on today such a pleasure. It's been wanting to have you on for a while, and I'm glad we finally figured this out. So let's start with um, 
this whole move to become an online dating expert and coach 25 years ago. What inspired you to do that? You know, this is such an interesting story because it's it's a simple story that everyone listening can relate to. It all started with a breakup. And we've all gone through these heartbreaks and tried to find ways to uh, get through it um, together and apart. And I found, for me, I was a technology executive. And when the man who I thought was the love of my life and I went separate ways, I wanted to get married. He wasn't ready. I felt like a transition person. And after several years, um, I ended the relationship very, very sadly. But I was so determined to move on to find somebody that wanted the same type of relationship that I did. And I didn't want to hear, well, I want to marry you someday. Like, give me five more years. And I was like, a five-year extension on a three-year lease? No, that doesn't really feel great. So, so because I was a technology executive, I said, ah, I'm going to replace him with an Internet mate. And people thought I was absolutely crazy. And it was a year before Match.com was launched. It was... Um, six years before eHarmony was launched, it was during the days of dial-up internet where you paid per minute to chat with someone in a chat room, and that's where it all began as a charter member of Love at AOL. Oh, my God. <laughs> dial-up internet. Paying $2 a minute for chatting? <laughs> well, I think my phone bills must have been somewhere around $300 a month to literally talk to strangers around the country who could be you know, potential suitors. But what happened as a result was I started going on some of these really great dates and meeting very interesting people, and my girlfriends got jealous, like, where are you meeting these guys? Because, of course, they want to meet through a friend, and no one's fixing them up. So little by little, I started writing profiles for my friends, and then the next thing you know, my friends were getting married to men that I selected for them on the dating sites, and um, it became a situation where I knew that I needed to do this. I wasn't ready to give up my day job in the early days because there was still a stigma for online dating in the 90s. And we just had to play catch up. And I really saw the vision. Again, as a technology executive, I embraced, you know, anything tech. (laughs) And uh, I really saw that this could be something big and that we just had some time to catch up. Well, you were a visionary. (laughs) Um, And I love that it all started with a breakup because, you know, there was a need. There was a need to have more clarity, more focus, and online dating certainly gives you that if you approach it the right way. So so tell us a little bit about your services, and then we'll get into the topic of the day. Well, I love what I do because, you know, I see all these happy people who had absolutely no hope when they came to me, and they would say, please don't make me go on this site and go on three dates for 52 weeks. It just sounded like I was, you know, torturing them. And I'm like, no, you're going to learn a lot more about what you're looking for, what you like, and what you don't like, and you will become a better dater because you are dating dating more frequently. So I have a few different dating packages. I have a VIP concierge package where um, I create profiles from scratch. We do makeovers. It's so much fun. It's like we turn people into, you know, live Barbie dolls, and they suddenly look in the mirror and go, wow, I really feel better better about myself. So anything that we can do to empower some a woman to feel better about them, themselves, then they're in a position to actually be happier when they show up on a date. And uh, so it's a, it's a VIP coaching plan. It, it's by um, approval only. And we have other plans that are kind of super fun and easy, such as profile critiques or just doing a profile from scratch. But with the digital matchmaker, and, and it's 10 sessions over the course of three months, but we really dig deep into, you know, 
making sure that we don't go into that repetitive behavior of going after the same bad boy over and over and over again. And it's just so rewarding, as you know, from what you do to see people suddenly go from um, hopeless to just filled with love. Mm. And you do have to get out there and date. You know, so many people get stay in that, that place of, I'm not ready yet. I was just talking to a client this morning. She goes, I have to, I think I have to do a little more self-work. And I'm like, nope. You're getting out there. <laughs> it's like this need to be just right and perfect before you meet your match. And dating is a great place to learn so much about yourself and about men and, you know, just about each other. Right? It's, it's, it is. Uh, and I think it's that's important, important to realize it. that there's no such thing as the perfect time, the perfect weight, the perfect person. We're all imperfect. We all have flaws, and they are sort of what gives us, you know, our distinct um, personality traits. And so uh, if every profile looks the same and every date is the same, it would really be a boring experience. And so for the people that say, oh, I need to lose my five pounds, it was my New Year's resolution to join a gym and, and lose weight, I'm like, do you realize that men don't look at you and go, so what? can you get on a scale? Tell me your age and tell me what you weigh. Either they're going to feel chemistry or they're not. So you need to start somewhere. And if you wait for those extra 5 to 15 pounds to go away, you will stay single and you will sit there in regret mode. And that's not a good place to be. No, I so agree with you. I mean, you know, we had a really important reminder this past week of Kobe Bryant dying at 41 and we have no guarantees of what's going to be in our lives and it's like you just got to seize the day it's it's sad that we need these reminders but i so agree with you time time is ticking and don't wait for that perfect day it's not coming so let's get into the politics um we have a crazy political climate today it's different than it's ever been and so many profiles say i would never date trump i would never pass on if you're a trumper so talk talk to us a little bit about how the political climate is affecting the singles out there i find that politics now is the number one deal breaker Um, when it comes to dating. And it used to be smoking. Oh, I don't want to date someone who smokes. Well, that same person will say to me today, I will date the smoker who's trying to quit because I know he can quit, but I'm not going to date this Trump supporter who um, supports things that I don't believe in, uh, the values and attitudes, whether it's climate change or children locked in cages, and we can go on and on on all the issues that are making people that don't feel comfortable being in bed or even on a date with a Trump supporter, a reality. And so it's become the most divisive um, topic for dating. And there was a time, as we all know, that you were told, don't talk about politics or religion on a date. And now I'm saying, talk about whatever is important to you. And politics is in the news cycle. And if anyone is on Twitter and they're getting their news on Facebook or Twitter or through push notifications, it's in your face all the time. We're now dealing with an impeachment. We have an impeached president, but we're dealing with you know, what we're watching on television. And people are really taking sides. So for the most part, it is the biggest deal breaker. I know OKCupid okay said oh, politics for 2020 it was the number one biggest deal breaker. And other studies have really, you know, concurred with that. Pew Research said in a study from 2019 that 50% of people said talking about politics with people they disagree with is stressful, 
and frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be true before Trump was elected. Um, it's the polarizing conversations that I find difficult, not, not just political, but any. This is the right way. You are wrong, I am right. I had a friend during the Obama administration who told me that anybody who voted for Obama was a horrible person. And I said, I don't want to have this conversation with you because now we're polarized. You know, I we have so much else we can talk about. And she refused. And she just walked away from a like 20-year friendship over Obama. And, and that so, really hurts. And so, yes, it, it, there it has hurt. been a trend. There's been a trend going in this direction of politics, you know, dividing people, dividing families, dividing friendships. I mean, it was all over the news. You know, make sure you have a politics-free zone at the Thanksgiving table. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. why we've never said that before. Please set up a top politics-free zone at the Thanksgiving table. So it is really separating a lot of people, and um, often it's not based upon fact. It's based upon emotions. And I see this trickling down to so many other things about the way people are treating people. Yeah. I agree with you. So so let's say somebody's on a date and the date starts talking politics. What should that what should the other person do? Well, I think when you're on a date and if you certainly if you've met them online, you have a chance to really review their profile to see if they've listed their political party or they've or if they posted a picture wearing a MAGA hat or if they made a comment that said, you know, swipe left if you voted right or no Trumpsters. I mean, and it goes on both sides. There are people saying that, you know, if you're, a, if you're a lefty, you know, don't contact me. So it goes on both sides. So I think the most important thing to do is to align yourself with someone who has similar attitudes and values. And if politics is really important to you and you watch all of the political news shows and you are a political junkie, you're only going to want to go on a date with somebody who puts politics front and center. But if you really prefer not talking about politics and your date digs into it right away, and, and this is what happens. Hi, how are you? Great to meet you. So, um, you know, where do you live? Where do you live? Okay. And by the way, who did you vote for? I mean, it comes mm-hmm. up within the first three minutes. And I find that the men are like, uh, uh, and they backpedal, and they say, well, um, I didn't vote for Trump. Okay, well, does that mean you voted for Hillary Clinton? Well, no, I didn't. Well, then who did you vote for? Um, I voted for the independent, and they don't know the independent, independent's name. And then what happens is it turns out that the person didn't vote at all. And that's another issue that's really, really um, a problem, because in my research for Love in the Age of Trump, I found out that um, you know singles would do not want to date someone who did not vote, period. I mean, so voting mm-hmm. is sexy. And, and if this happened during the midterms, 87%, I mean, that's enormous, said no way. They would not date someone who didn't vote. And only 13% said yes, they would date someone who didn't vote. Now, granted, it was a midterm poll and it, was, it wasn't the election, but the fact that people felt that vocal and emotional during a midterm poll says a lot about what we're going to be seeing this calendar year. Yeah. Yeah, it's um there's so much about that not voting at all, voting for the wrong person, voting for the person and then changing your mind. I mean, so that that's also a possibility that somebody might have voted for someone and and now they're not a supporter. So so how I mean, people can find that stuff out on a date, right? 
Well, it's very easy to figure out on a day just from the conversation. It just You can just feel the tone to know how someone voted more often than not. And if you would rather you know, not discuss politics on a date or you consider yourself apolitical and someone brings up you know, politics you know, right in front of you and says, who would you vote for and who do you support, uh, the best way to respond to that is, oh, I don't talk politics on a first date, maybe on the third. You know, and just be fun and flirty about it and change the subject. And change it to something really light that's universal, like where's your where, what's on your bucket list on where do you want to travel to or what was the best vacation you've ever gone on? Because that really, you know, brings everything down to sort of an even playing field where people can talk about things that they do, hiking outdoors, favorite movies during Oscar season, anything but the, the big you know, elephant in the room, which is um, politics and Donald Trump. Yeah, that's that's a great tip, and I, I agree with you so much. I think that people ask embarrassing questions also on dates that or TMI questions, or they start talking too much, and we have the power to change the topic, to to say we don't right. like to discuss that. That's a boundary. You know, people who cross boundaries are not really fun to date. So if we set our boundaries and they still don't, they don't listen, then we have good information. Then we realize it's not a fit, and we thank them for their time and be polite because they could have friends. Excuse mm-hmm. me, and um, and move on to the next date. Yeah, and don't burn those bridges, right? Um, so let's let's talk about posting political party on dating profiles. As so many people do, do you believe that people should? I do. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay, great. Um, I believe if politics is important to you, then you should put on your profile. I know a match gives you an opportunity with all these little check boxes where you can say liberal, super liberal, conservative, ultra conservative, middle of the road, apolitical, no preference. Uh, you, you should absolutely, if politics is important to you, people do searches in so many ways. And I know people, women get hung up on the age issue, but people do searches based upon distance. They do searches based upon if you do yoga. Um, they, or, or you hike, because like, men like going on hiking dates, and they do searches based upon your political party. So if you know for sure that you do not want to date somebody um, across party lines, then put it front and center. If you are marching in any types of marches, post a photo in one of your nine photos that shows you in that march, because then it shows that you, have, you, know, you care about the issues and you're you know, fighting for gun control or whatever other issues keep keep popping up. So I think it's really important. You can tell lots of stories through photos, whether it's, whether it's a MAGA hat or a T-shirt or, or a, as I said, a, a march, or specifically checking the box that shows your political party or your political preference if you don't have a party affiliation. Yeah, I love that idea of posting the photos of a march or something like that because it's not just about politics anymore. It's really about your value system. And I think that we're trying to, as you say, align with somebody whose values are similar to ours. And why start out with without telling the truth if it is something really important to you? And, and here you have an opportunity. As I said, I'm not saying you're cutting the dating pool in half, but it's also an opportunity to ask questions. So if somebody tells me that they voted for a particular candidate, regardless of who it was, I will ask. I'll say, well, what made you – are you just a party person and it doesn't matter who is 
who's on the ticket and you will vote that particular way? Or do you feel strongly about a particular issue? And it really opens up a great dialogue because some people will say, you know, I'm really fiscally conservative, socially liberal, but I, but I lean to the right and this is where I'm comfortable. Or someone will say it's specific, it's purely financial, or they'll say, you know what, I love my guns. You need to know what they are supporting, and you need to decide, do you feel the same way? Yeah, that's, that's really, really important. So people can have conversations with somebody who is their political opposite, and it's more about finding out what's underneath, right, to, to see why they voted the way they voted, what their belief system is, and you know, people people who are um, in warring in war zones. Uh, there was uh, when I first started doing this work, I did a lot of work in communication skills, and there was this guy who created a nonviolent communication movement, Marshall Rosenberg, and he would go into war zones and help bring peace because he would see that underneath everyone had the same values. So you can take two parties who are, you know, gangs or anybody who's really looks like they're on opposite ends, but they all want the same thing. And if you can find those threads, you can find points of connection. It's not always a good match, but you can find points of connection, right? And I think when you talk about connection, the point is that everyone is here looking for love. The need to love and be loved is so powerful and is so strong. It is more important than politics, as much as I talk about politics. It's just the selection of compatible dates varies based upon your values and where you, how important some of the issues are to you. And I think that if we bring everything back to love, you talked about love and fear, which I know Marianne Williamson wrote about that in her book, A Return to Love, mm-hmm. which I think I've read seven mm-hmm. times. But, you know, the, the opposite of, of love is not hate. It is fear. And I know there's some hateful comments out there, but understand that these people are coming from a place of fear. Deep down, they just want to be loved by the right partner, and they want it to stick. Mm-hmm. That's a really beautiful statement. Yeah, everybody wants love, but fear fear can put up big guards, big guards to love and push people away. Um, I had somebody I connected with online the other day, and he, I started with a very uh, non, you know, non, um, what's the word, uh, charged, just very simple statement, something like, you know, did what's one thing you learned that you did for the first time this year? Um, and I, I shared that I went from Android to iPhone. How about you? And this guy shared that he got a new knee. And I said, oh, okay, great. And then he goes, did I scare you? And I said, no, why? And he goes, well, I'm also getting a new hip. And I was like, okay. And then he goes, did I scare you yet? And I'm like, are you trying to scare me? What What is this? And then Is he about the to drop another bomb? Was, okay. Yeah, right. Then he goes, Oh, also prostate cancer survivor with some sexual side effects I'm happy to discuss. Now, I haven't had a conversation with this guy. All he's sharing is all of his medical problems, and now he brings sex into it. So it's like, did I scare you yet? And it's like, what is this? So it's, it's yeah. He, he sounds like he needs away. a good dating coach because he will send women yeah. running, to, running for the hills. <laughs> exactly. So I decided to actually give him a response, even though he didn't really feel like it. But I... I did say to him, you know, I don't scare easily, but um, you're not scaring me, but this is not the way to win me over. And then he just unmatched me. 
I was just like, okay, we're done. Um, but yeah, like kindness, consideration, let's have a conversation about something bigger than all of our medical problems or politics. So let's go back to politics. And um, is there a good time to bring up politics on a date? Well, I think when it comes to bringing up politics on a date, I'm a big believer of bringing it up on the first date if politics is really your number one deal breaker. If your number one deal breaker is, you know, something different such as, you know, marital status or, or again, we talked about smoking earlier or finding somebody from the same religious faith, find whatever is, make your list. Please don't make it too long, but make your list and make five deal breakers and see where politics lands on that on that list. And if it's number one, then there's a way to do it without, you know, making somebody feel like they're in, you know, a horrible deposition and just say, My gosh, I've been watching, you know, the news. Have you watched have you watched uh anything in the impeachment? Because any time you can talk about anything happening in the news cycle and this is happening in our news cycle, it shows that you know what's happening in the world, you're aware of what's happening in the world. Um, whether it's it's a news story that has not political or whether it is, of course, the impeachment, which is everywhere, and, and the political debates and Super Tuesday around the corner. But find find something else you know to talk about if politics isn't the number one deal you know, number one deal breaker for you. But if it is, don't bring it up in the first three minutes. Just mention that you know you had the chance to listen to a particular day of the impeachment hearings and ask the person on the date, have you watched it at all? Because then you can get into a conversation of what do you think without really putting them in the hot seat and putting them down. Mm. I like that. Yeah, there's a way to be um, kind and considerate and not hammering somebody with interview questions (laughs) when you're on dates so that it's more of a conversation. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yes, yes. And that's what it is. Dating is supposed to be light and fun on the first day. It should be conversational. But if you know you're dating a political junkie and you're a political junkie and you both lean in the same direction, bring it up because it will help, you know, excite the two of you and help you bond over a mutual shared interest. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's really great advice. So there are bipartisan couples. We have one here in Connecticut that um, they're both in politics. They both actually work in politics, and they're in different parties. They actually don't live together because they have to be in separate districts, and they have an incredible love story. So with every odd against them, they found love. And so can you share how bipartisan couples can have a healthy relationship. And we all do know about the bipartisan couples. I mean, the days of James Carville and Mary Madeline, I mean, they were they were the poster child for bipartisan, you know, couples. But that was before, you know, we were dealing with love in the age of Trump. And now we look at, you know, Kellyanne Conway, and we all wonder, like, what happens in that household? So I always believe that if you are a bipartisan couple, you can't really bring politics into the bedroom. You could talk about it over the over dinner, but by the time you have creme brulee for dessert, switch the topic to something fun that the two of you are planning together as a couple. Because you have to be able to agree to disagree, and you need to be able to set a timer. And by setting a timer, it basically says, oh, we're out of time on politics. So anyway, where do you want to go this weekend? 
<laughs> set a timer. That's a good one. Um, so change the topic. And it's it's similar to your other advice about when somebody just gets into a conversation that you don't want to have, that you can be flirty, change the topic without being um, divisive and acerbic. There's a way to talk about all this stuff and still have dignity. There really is. And, again, not everyone is a fit, and that's why we go on multiple dates until we can find someone that we are willing to at least be exclusive with to see if we can take it to the next level. And, again, politics, this issue is not going to go away regardless of who is elected president. I feel like this behavior has really changed um, the wiring in our brains on how we select a mate. And so as a result, we need to be able to figure out a way to get through this and to be able to communicate in a healthy way to find a compatible partner. I so agree. Words of wisdom, Julie. Um, It's not going away anytime soon, so let's work with what we have and figure out a way to do it the right way that aligns with who you are and what you want in life and what you want in a partnership. So excellent advice. Um, Tell our audience how they can find you. You can find me at cyberdatingexpert.com where there's a whole lot of free dating advice, but I do encourage you to go over to loveintheageoftrump.com where you can take our ongoing poll. And, of course, the ongoing poll is would you date across party lines? And please cast your vote. It's anonymous, but it really gives us a temperature reading on how things are changing because I see now with the impeachment going on that we now have more people saying that they would not date across party lines. And if you're on social, I love to chit-chat on Twitter and Instagram, at Julie Spira. Thank you so much, Julie. This has been such a wonderful episode of Last First Date Radio. I love that you're focusing on this because it's, it's a really important conversation. So thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for joining today. If you love our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. And um, don't forget to join Your Last First Date on Facebook, and we hope you go on Your Last First Date very soon.